Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Investing Talk. This is Aurelien. I'm here with Glenn, glennsutherland.com and Darcy, darcywhite.ca. Today, we will be discussing how to pitch projects. Um, I will have to go that at some point soon. So um, I, I thought I would put some, some thoughts together. I'm happy to start. Uh, the first thing you want to do is to show your track record that's relevant to the project, you know show some of the properties you purchased and how you've repositioned them and uh, uh, the problems you've solved in the past. Um, typically, uh, people want to see a track record when they want uh, in, to invest with you and then present the team and uh, their complementary uh, skills. It's not enough to be to like each other, to want to work to, with each other, but it's, it's all, it can also be a good thing to, uh, to have complementary skills and to bring people on the team that are going to be in charge of different roles have clearly defined roles for everybody on the team. Uh, we've talked about location uh, in a previous episode. So look at the fundamentals of the area and present them in your presentation. Talk about the economic growth, economic strength of the area, where the population, is the population growing? Why do people want to live there? Uh, get an understanding of that. Uh, mention, if possible, the challenges you think you may encounter and already come with ways you can mitigate the different different risks you you um, anticipate to show that you, you, you gave it some thought. And also in your track record, show how you've solved problems in the problems in the past. You present yourself as a problem solver because, uh, you know, uh, you, you'll be faced with problems likely with any any project and, and make sure you have a very conservative underwriting factor in what would happen you know in case of a, a major increase in vacancy or in interest rate like we've we've recently uh, recently seen seen so these would be my um, my thoughts on how to how to pitch a, a project yeah so um i i actually hate the term pitching um so and also i think just by changing the, those words at least in my mind like the my mental um, thing. If I talk about pitching, I feel like I'm trying to sell something. Um, and mm -hmm. like, I, I like to call it like, uh, informing of an opportunity. Um, and I don't know, it's something different in my mind, right? Because it, it's, it is an opportunity, right? Um, so, it, it, and this is completely, this is just a convolution on the words, right? But whenever I think of pitching, I always think of people, you know, car salesmen or like, and it tends to be, uh, like so-so deals, like they're not stellar deals. Um, so <laughs> the way I've worked this around in my head is that I only, I only buy phenomenal deals, right? So if for anyone to actually get to work with me, like it is an opportunity, right? There is a lineup, there is, um, there's, there's a scarcity because there isn't enough spots for the people. Um, and I, honestly, it changes the way you do it. You're not, I don't, like, I'm, I'm going to be doing a presentation just like Ari was talking about with all those things in it, but um, the, the psychology behind it is that I'm not trying to sell, it's trying to see who would be the best fit to work with me, because it, I ha I'm going to have a phenomenal opportunity. Um, we just offered on a 92 unit uh, last week, and if we get it, it's going to be a killer deal, but... According to the broker, spaces, folks. <laughs> according to the broker, we are not the highest. Um, and I don't want to be the highest. Yeah. And it's a numbers game. I'm going to keep going out there and I'm going to make sure that we are we're underwriting with 
very conservative interest rates. Anyway, I'm going to make sure this is a killer deal. There's tons of upside and there's no way to lose in this. Um, and to do that, we aren't the highest. We're not going to be the highest. And we're just going to keep, it's a numbers game. And we're going to keep putting offers out. And we're just eventually, <laughs> someone's going to take it. Someone's going to be in a spot where someone's going to come back. Um, and one of the tricks is I honestly, even for our offers, it doesn't have my name on it. Um, I don't, my name, you know, in, to be honest, in the single family space, um, it, it has some, some weight, but for buying a hundred or a 200, 200 unit apartment building, uh, it doesn't have the same weight, right? Um, people don't know me for that. Um, people don't know a lot of stuff I do. Um, but even still, I want, when I'm pitching my project or even making the offer, um, I, I'm bringing in a key principal, right? I'm bringing in someone worth at least a half a billion dollars to qualify for these loans, to be the key principal of the project. And I'm when we're making letter of intent offers, or not offers, but we're submitting letters of intent, we want their name on it. We want them to Google their name and go, this guy is a powerhouse. This guy, because that's what you're paying for, because you're giving away a lot of the deal with this. You want to use their weight as much as you can, right? Um, so that's what we're doing. And we're just, it's a numbers game, right? Um, the other thing, uh, like Ari really killed it. Like he covered all the stuff that we're going to be talking about and when we do the, the webinars. But one thing I also like to do is show how I have skin in the game whenever we're doing those interviews. Um, like personally, I want to put at least $100,000 into every project I do of my own money. I want to be on the GP side and I want to be on the LP side. Um, I want to show that I need my money to work. I need to work for them. It, it has, it shows a alignment of interest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. And like what, what um, Ari said was like the proof of concept. Like that's what I tell all my students when you're buying these houses, go buy one. Even if you buy one yourself, it shows you've set up teams, you've managed, you have all the pieces in place and then you can buy a house, renovate it. You have the contractors, you've done it. You have pictures, proof of concept. If you're doing something big, or something that you you haven't done before, bring in someone who has multiple reasons, right? Um, it's going to help your pitch. That's why I'm bringing it's going to help the show you have the experience. It's going to make sure you don't make mistakes. They're going to check out your underwriting, especially if they're going to be backing the loan and being the, the one guaranteeing it. They are going to not going to put their name on it if they don't believe in it, right? Um, they don't want to lose their money. They don't want to lose their reputation. None of that, right? Um, so yeah, proof of concept or build build your team around you. Find all the pieces, the parts you're missing, and then work to build them in, right? Um, and that does show to investors, you know, you have all of it, right? You have it like like that's going to be what we're starting off when I do my presentation. It's going to start off with who are the people on the board who are who are buying this property, and then show the strength, right? Show that you know we have a uh, you know a fund behind us that's can bail us out if we need to, but we're never going to use them. But what, you know, and also the other thing is I've, I've been on a bunch of these calls on the other side. And one thing is uh, the way you talk about the money is, is powerful for your presentations. Um, Cause a lot of people you think are so intent about how much money they're going to earn. I need that, you know, 10% and they will rate shop all the syndicators to find the one that's going to pay the most, but they've already done that when they're at on those calls in most cases. And what it comes down to is capital preservation. Their main concern is how is my money safe that we're not going to lose it in this economy? And how am I going to get my money back is honestly a bigger concern 
than the rates they're going to earn on it, right? So you need to make sure you address those questions, right? Because it's going to be the top of their mind. If I was putting my money in, I just want to know that my money's safe and how it's going to be safe and what the weaknesses of this deal are. Because it's, it's, it's better to disclose them off the start and then surprise them, <laughs> people later, right? And honestly, any of those calls, that's what you want to do. Um, all the paperwork is going to be disclosing all the risks, right? What did I miss there, Darcy? Um, okay, so I was working on this. I created a little acrostic so that you could remember it. I did use pitch, but <laughs> I, I didn't have the same negative connotations that Glenn did. But forgive me, but mine is P time, pitch time, or yep. presentation time, perhaps, if you like that better, presentation time. Um, so I put in P-T-I-M-E, P-time. Uh, first one, I think, and this is, uh, with some exceptions, all money is personal. When you talk about money, you're actually talking about pe people's personal dreams because money itself is just an avatar for something. It's a tool to get somewhere. It means retirement or safety, security. It's very, very personal. And even the people that are most... Um, that purport to be most, uh, you know, unemotional about money, they're just better actors and better poker players because everybody cares about money. It's a tool to get some kind of lifestyle. So for me, it's always personal. And on, with a few exceptions, I personally meet with the person or persons doing it. In most cases, I really want to meet with both. Uh, I don't always get that. So but you I want to do make a one-on-one -on -one call with each investor? Yeah, I actually want to sit down at a table with them because this like is a flat. First, uh, a larger presentation to um, no. scale your no. time and then go one-on-one? -on -one? No, you go one-on-one. Right -on -one. One -on -one I, I, I don't do a big seminar. That's just me because there's people in here that are introverts. There's other people that will not show up in a room where they can be seen and be thought to be, quote, rich or have excess money. They just won't. So I've got most of my investors are so discreet. They don't want to meet the others. They don't want anyone to know what their business is because they're generally making money over here in business A and they're investing over here in what you're doing. So I thought, hey, don't we want to get all these people together and it'd be so efficient for me, but my business is not for me, it's for them. So it is meeting for lunch, breakfast, drinks, personally, quietly with one person, one-on-one. -on -one. They have your full attention and they know that's of high value. You know what's really efficient? Me in front of 300 people. You know who that's good for? Me. Yeah. You know what's good for them? An hour and a half of my time on a Tuesday night. So it's high you, value. You have to give an hour and a half. Um, how many yeah, of those meetings minimum. are you going to have to do to fund one of these deals? Like, is this going to take weeks of like every yes. of your life? Yeah. yeah. There's no shortcuts to doing good work. The shortcuts usually cost somebody else. You take a shortcut because it's going to cost the sum because it's good for you. Yeah. I'm not doing what's good for me. I'm doing what's good for them first. And in everything, it aligns with what's good for them and what's valuable for that person. And everything I do from that point on is going to be value for that person. And it's going to be consistent. So my first thing is it's personal. I meet with them. So it costs me a lot. I always pay. I always offer to pay for the drinks. I said, I'm fine. I'm good. This is on me. So sometimes they go, no, no, no. You drove all the way to Ladner. That's a you know, that's a 45 minute drive through traffic to fight there to get to meet someone down at a, a place and have a quick, you know, sandwich with them and talk about investing. But it's always P is personal. And for me, money's always personal. And with a few exceptions, yeah. I meet with them personally. P, T, time is transparency. Um, it needs to be clear, comprehensive. Your calculations have to be careful and coherent. 
it has to make sense. You got to spend the time to make sure you have a clear message and that it's transparent. Here's the risk and talk about all the risks. Disclose all the risks you think. Here, here's my physical health. Here's how old I am. Here's who I have to back these things up. These are the risks here. We have implicit risks and we have explicit risks and they need to know both of them and that you're thinking of all of them. And you may not have a strategy for everything. You may not. There's something, you don't have a strategy for interest rates. I can't, I can't affect Bank of Canada or the US Fed, but I have a strategy for what they do to me. They're not going to extend amortization or we're going to come in with more money. So we buy down the deal and it's going to affect our ROI for the first year. We're going to do a one year or a two year deal. And we're going to tread water with respect to pay down principal or pay higher interest rates, or we're going to spend our capital improving the building and filling it up. Simple stuff, but be clear about it and make sure your numbers are clear and comprehensive. There's no missing things. <clears throat> That's number two. You're talking, I'm going to cut you off. So while you're, yeah. you're, you're going to meet these people in person yeah. and you're going to sit yeah. down, um, do you have, uh, do you bring any paperwork? Do you have yes. a laptop? Like, what does it, what does it look like? The meeting? I can't talk without a pen and a piece of paper in my hand. So I draw it out. Um, um, but I do clear, simple diagrams because what we're doing is not rocket science. Really, it's really simple. This is grade five math. So it's not really difficult. If it relies on something beyond grade five math, you're going to lose most of your investors because it's too, it's too tricky. You need we're to not, bring it down and we're not doing anyway. That. And then you can, even if you're doing some sort of advanced strategy, you don't need to explain it. No. And we're not doing derivatives here. We're actually buying low, improving the property, appraising, refinancing, and eventually selling much higher. Any grade five can figure that out. You know, it's a simple, a simple math equation. So I do write, I do, uh, let's see, PTI. Um, yeah, I, I would say, you know, bring, I bring pictures. I Google it. I bring sometimes bring my laptop or my tablet and I have it wired to my phone so you can show pictures of it. Yeah. So I can scroll through the pictures. This is what it looks like. And often it's, this looks terrible. Look at this. This is, this is how crappy their laundry rooms are. This is their parking lot. Not that they works. None of these cells are charged. You know, this is an opportunity. So they say, well, this is a horror. No, look, this is an opportunity to improve right here. I can show you 10 things I'm going to fix in the first 90 days. The intercom system, the exterior lighting, the tripping sidewalk. There's no fences. There's no cameras. We're going to do all these things in 10 first 90 days. It's a simple plan. So mm. I'm transparent about it. Uh, third thing, I, integrity. Uh, I No hype. No hyperbole. No 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 crazy wild promises. And I only talk about things that I've done. I don't talk theoretically about things I read about. No. I said, I did this. I point to things that I've done. I point to mistakes I've made. So I'm totally totally transparent about mistakes I've made. Um, we did this, it did not work. So when you're interviewing someone, you don't get perfect people. So when a common interview problem question is, where's the time that you failed? Tell me the time that you've ran into challenges and you failed and how did you fix it? Because I need people with agility and the ability to fix their mistakes and humility to acknowledge mistakes. Otherwise they never grow. So when I talk about projects, I talk about what I've done where I failed, where have I succeeded, what I've learned, what I am learning. And that's a part of integrity. So you get the whole package. I'm personally there. I'm showing up with some transparency. Here's the deal with integrity. This is me. You're going to get me and my full attention, all of my abilities and all of my frailties. And I have a certain sense, have enough humility that I'm working on addressing the weak spots in our program. Um, but the program's, you know, it's going to be qualified. It's going to be good. 
um, integrity. So P-T-I-M, modesty. I never oversell these things. I, in fact, undersell the uh, what we actually think could happen. Um, I want to delight people. So I undersell it. I say, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a struggle. There's going to be no return for two years, maybe three. So you're in for a long haul. This is what it's going to look like. You're going to put your money in. I'm going to report quarterly, annually, and you won't see any money for a while. Are you okay with that? Because this isn't this isn't a, a quick get rich quick scheme. Is this won't put my food on your table in 90 days? It's just not going to happen. So you're looking for the wrong person. Take this to the casino and do something else because that's not what I'm offering. So I I, I give it with all modesty. It's going to take a while because we do you know turnaround projects on 20, 30, 40 unit buildings. Um, it takes a while. Uh, yeah. You know, it takes a while to fix the building and renovate the suites. Um, M E, the last one. I try to do it with a certain sense of flair and elegance. E is for elegance. Um, have your crap together. Um, the medium matters. If you show up with crappy garbage, you know, pictures and nothing to show them, and you just, you know, put your hand up for money, um, boy, that's a that's a lost opportunity. No spelling errors. Check your presentation. Get it edited, uh, clean it up, make sure it looks good, um, and you know, suit the suit, do it with a certain sense of elegance. What you're doing matters. Your craft matters. Um, you know, uh, you could show up in cargo shorts and flip flops and a tank top. Sure, maybe. Why do better than that? So um, take some pride in what you're doing and show up with a little bit of elegance in your presentation. Um, a little bit of fun, a little humor. Don't distract from your presentation, but uh, give a little of it. So that's my P time. <clears throat> Darcy, how far do you dress? Um, I always have a shirt or like uh, you go, how far? Yeah. Do you uh, I'm, I'm a casual guy. So I'm, I, you know, my normal wardrobe yep. is jeans, nice boots. I like boots. I like shoes. Um, I usually wear jeans because I'm also crawling under things and just pants are too fussy. They rip, they stain. You have to dry clean them. I just hate them. Yeah. I wear jeans, so casual, but I also have a collar shirt or sweater on top of it's warm or it's cold outside. Yeah. Sport coat. I always travel with a sport coat. Um, so so that they know I'm not the uh, plumber because <laughs> I actually might just look like the plumber <laughs> with the sport coat. I think he's not going to fix the toilet and I do surprise him from time to time. But yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I have to take a little pride in your appearance and what you're doing. Um, you're a business person. Um, do business. Uh, it's a uniform. Um, embrace it. That's what I think. So that's how I do presentations. We do follow it up with something written. Uh, my brother and I work on our prospectus and we send that out. So they have something in hand with photos, uh, with very careful um, proposals, um, no guarantees. Uh, you don't, don't be foolish and guarantee things. There's still a risk to real estate and you should acknowledge it. If you don't, you're not being transparent and you have no integrity. There's no sure things. Um, I do remove as much uncertainty as possible. I show where the uncertainty is, but there's no sure things, especially with respect to timelines. Um, a 66 you unit building. Back about that, or that's is that a common question you get? Like, well, what kind of interest rate am I going to get? How? What are you going to sell this property for? What am I going to get on the back end? Do you get late? Yeah, um, I said no. There's a, that's a good question because that's constant. And you know what? The one I had always overlooked because we had initially thought we were going to be the original buy hold and you know, forever kind of property because my father-in-law had modeled that. He'd held these properties for 25 years. Right. But I realized if you're engaging other people with different values, they have an investment window. And we've come to embrace that. 
People want to know that there's an exit plan. You're missing something if there's no exit plan. You just haven't done the work. You haven't thought far enough along that. You haven't taken account of your own humility and say, I could die. I'm a key individual in this investment. I could actually die. I could have a health issue that compromises my ability to perform what I said I would do. I could have that in my staff. We could have a global pandemic that compromises the next two and a half to three years of investor returns. No, that would never happen. You know, I but I've actually, even if you are planning to hold it forever, you need to have a 10 year plan at least. Yeah. And my investors, they like, they like five to seven. I tell them two mortgage cycles and one of them could be short and one's probably going to be five. So we're looking at five to seven years. Give me that kind of time and I can turn these buildings around and create value where we have options. We could hold them or we could sell them because by that time we've worked out the equity, we've improved the property in a whole host of ways and I can demonstrate that they're worth a whole lot more. And in fact, you know, virtually all of our properties within three to three years, when we run them back through the cap rate that we bought them at and their current rent roll and value, we've more than more than doubled the investment we put into them within three years. Can't realize unless you, you know, take a mortgage on them and take equity out or sell them, but I can show them on paper from the appraisers values that we've doubled them in three years. So not the actual physical value of the building, like a five million volume to 10 million, but if you only put down one and a half million, I've created another one and a half million there or more, usually within three years. I can demonstrate it. So that's that's how I pitch it. Uh, for me, it always has to be personal. For money's personal. You know, I get it. There's people out there that go to seminars or present seminars for larger groups. I'm not disparaging that, but for me, that doesn't work. Um, if you're talk, going to ask them for half a million dollars and then you're going to run them into a, a hotel ballroom with a bunch of other cattle, they're not keen on that. Some of the half a million dollars wants personal touch. They're, they're not a consumer at Walmart. This is someone who's bespoke, who requires that kind of treatment. And you, if you wonder why you're not getting big fish, you're in the wrong pond and using the wrong tools. I think of fishing, that's a terrible metaphor. But if you're not, if you're not talking to those people, it's because you're doing it wrong. I think no, that's just my I, opinion. I, I totally agree. And honestly, I, I, I was planning on doing a whole um, webinar in order to, you know, do the wide, you know, cast to try and, you know, scale my time as much as I can. But honestly, I think that, uh, I think your approach will have a better result. And that's the approach I used on the other ones. I wanted to both buy a sixplex and I went and I drove over to, you know, somewhere between here in Toronto and met up for a drink and some wings and, that's how we closed it in the past. So why am I changing the wheel? Why am I changing what would work? Uh, I, I love yeah. that touch. I think that it has a, the scalability is tough, especially if you're doing like a lot of people. But mm -hmm. um, I think that it, it'll, honestly, you're going to throw away a lot of people who would have invested with you if you would have put in the personal touch. I think, I think, you know, for, Knowing your work in that, and I think people would want to be a part of what you are doing um, rather than a face that's anonymous something. I mean, there's options out there. You can invest in REITs and market housing through uh, registered investments if you really want to be in the real estate sector. But if you want to be part of a Canadian investing in the U.S. or part of what West Red is doing or what Ari and Darcy are doing, then you need to part of meet us. You need to meet with us and and sit with us 
Um, I, I think it's got high value. I would, I would require that. And I would feel honored if someone actually sat down with me and said, here's what I'm planning to do. Um, not in some cheesy, awful way, but just said, honestly, and modestly, here's, here's what I'm doing. You know, I'm sharing with you because you're curious. Um, I've said before, you know, I turned down people a bunch of times before I say yes, that's frustrated some people, but I want to make sure they really want to be a part of this. Um, and if they are, then they're into a, a rare circle of people that I work with that I trust and they, they trust me. Um, yeah. You know, no, it's like an exclusive like, circle. If I think about all of the investors that I have the closest relationship with, it's ones I've met in person. Like, yeah. it is. Yeah. Right? They know me the best. I know them the best. We have a, and uh, yeah, this yeah. Is the problem is scaling, especially as they're buying bigger things with needing more people. Um, it's, it is. I always wanted to uh, bring in cheese to my investors, like share my passion for cheese and uh, some. I love uh, cheese. <laughs> you, you tell me where to show up. <laughs> I did not see that coming, but I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. You know, you say you know don't don't do gatherings, but I, I love a gathering where people come and enjoy some cheese. And uh, for those who want, you know, they can because it's a it's a it's a. I know I'm, I listened to a podcast where they they say it's a. They're, they consider their investors as a as a group itself and mm -hmm. uh, where people can network among themselves and uh, so it could be um, beneficial to and i would do it around around cheese and uh, oh yeah uh, right. <clears throat> definitely yeah, yeah like karen and i do a ton of entertaining um our christmas party a uh, caroling party has opera singers at it and musicians and 140 people all afternoon our backyard barbecue meat stick um and stuff like that we do constantly through the year uh wine tastings and other things it's social some of the same people are in these things we never talk about business um people sidle up to me and say how's this doing i give them a few minutes and say hey do you want to get together for breakfast i know they're thin like with my friend peter it's pie it was my friend i shouldn't use people's names um h it's breakfast or golf uh with a, it's beers at four o'clock in the afternoon, not on weekends. So you meet up at four o'clock, you have a beer, you have some uh, uh, dry garlic wings. And that's knowing your investors too, right? Like, you know, like Absolutely. They, most people wouldn't know that, right? Especially if they wanted to go work with somebody else, they wanted to go work with the, the large REIT. That's where no. you have the huge advantage. No, and I don't have to keep a book on them because these are people I know really well. Right. And I know why I'm working for them. I know what their dreams and goals are and what they want out of this. It. It gives you another level of, of not obligation, but of performance. If I know that I have, I'll refer to her as A, she's a single mom. Her um, her husband was one of my closest friends and she has two teen, at this time, she had two preteen children. I knew what I was working for. I had a very clear picture in my head that I'm looking after A and her two children, S and E, without saying their names. Um, I know very clearly what my job is. Maximize value, protect the asset, protect their investment, um, give them a decent return. Um, you know, I, it's very clear what my mission is. And I have that in mind for all of my all of my investors. I know who they are. I know what they need out of this. Um, it keeps you on mission. You know, I split that between you, know, taking care of my tenants, taking care of the buildings, taking care of my investors. And I just toggle between the three. What is best for all three right now? That's it. It keeps things very clear. 
my I don't have integrity issues and alignment issues. I know what I'm supposed to be doing because I know I know more about who's involved. Um, I think we're running long here. All right, can you take us home? <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So that's uh, I think those are great uh, perspectives on uh, how to uh, you know present opportunities and treat uh, ways to treat your investors and create and nurture relationships with them so thank you for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you next time thank you everybody. thanks everyone <laughs>